Hey y'all, this is Horseburner. This is uh, Adam. And this is Jack. And you are listening to the epitome of stupidity. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 65 Woo! of Epitome of Stupidity, your favorite allegedly metal podcast. Allegedly. This is where Clint repeats what I say. It's allegedly your favorite and allegedly metal. It's a, it's it's every known form of allegedly. It's allegedly a podcast. Too. It's allegedly a podcast. It's every known form of allegedly. In the background, background is allegedly I can't talk. It's Horseburner. Yeah, my guys. That is... Song is the Fisherman's Vow. Yeah. And it is also the goods. It's their new album, The Thief, out last year is uh well, we'll get further into that here shortly. Until then, everybody's dying to know. Brian, what have you been listening to lately? I'm gonna hijack this segment for Oh me. boy. I got a better story than what I'm listening to. Okay. Last night at the hockey game. Went to the Blue Jackets game. Glenn and I are pretty pretty big hockey fans. Yeah. You went there and you fucking killed their mojo. No, I didn't, but I did about kill a security guy. Yay! He, you know, you walk in you, to, through the metal detector, and they have, like, this little ramp. So you sit your shit on top of the ramp, and it slides through down the ramp to the other side of the metal detector, right, to right. pick it up. So instead of, like, put it in a basket and pass it, you just put your shit on this little ramp, and it slides down. You walk through the metal detector, you pick up your shit, and you go on your way. Oh, I set it off, my belt or my watch or whatever, so he wants me. He's like, you're good, and I go to pick up. My wallet, my keys, my phone, and my $20 bill that I slid through there. And the $20 bill is missing. Oh. So I'm like, hey, where's my fucking money? He's like, what money? He's like, the $20 you took off that table right there, that was mine. Where is it? He's like, oh, I don't know. And he starts looking around on the ground. He's like, maybe it blew off. And he's like, look, he's being like over, <laughs> overreactive about this thing, right? And I'm just standing there, just like plain face, just staring at him. And the wife is, is pulling him on. I'm like, come on, come on. I'm just like, okay. All right, let's go. I'm thinking, you know, if this guy really needs my $20 that bad, fine, have it. I'm not going to cause a big scene here with my wife and right. potentially miss the game and all that shit. So we had to go in at Will Call. And at Will Call, when you go in, there's like a bunch of steps. It's like 50, 60 steps. So you, know, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. But it, yeah, so we go up all these steps. And I just keep looking at it like, I can't believe that just fucking happened. That dude just took my $20. And we get to like the concourse here and, and turn and I get a tap on my shoulder. And I turn around and it's that guy. <laughs> What's he have in his hand? I'm going to guess it's not a $10 bill. It is a crumpled up $20 bill. And what's funny about the crumpled part is my 20 was crispy and folded in fourths, you know, just kind of nice and flat and kind of brand new. Right. What he hands me back is, it's my $20 bill, but it's crunched up <laughs> from where he shoved it in his fucking pocket. Right. I was like, oh, where was it? He's like, oh, it was over on the side. It blew off or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just nodded my head and turned around and right. walked away. 
So that's what I'm listening to. Nice. <laughs> the dude had a case of conscience in a in a span of a hundred feet. Right. And well, the the thing, the point of bringing up the stairs is he had to go up all those fucking right. stairs to catch up with me. That's fucking great. Take that security guard. Yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> I hope you listen. So the, the whole night, like we would just be hanging out, having fun, watching the game, and I just looked at my wife and go, I can't believe that motherfucker <laughs> took my money. <laughs> What are you listening to? Uh, I went through the COC run that everybody else went through. and uh, I went through mine, but only listened to Deliverance. I didn't even go to the, whatever the newest one was called, which is weird for me. Whoa, yeah. that is out of fucking place for yeah. you. No Cross, No Crown? Yeah, that one. No Brian. That's right. I'll be damned. Uh, still stuck on that Saver, Saver, however the hell you pronounce it. And uh, I did me uh, a bunch of snow burial for some reason. Mm. I can't, you know, put my finger on why. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have anything to do with April 11th. Uh, but more than anything uh, here lately, I've been listening to a lot of my agreeable playlist on Spotify. Just, what does that mean? It means it's a bunch of shit that I can put on and nobody, including myself, oh, yeah, will complain right. about. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, I've listened to stuff. You yeah. know what else I've listened to? Mm-hmm. A shitload of horse burner. We don't want to go. We don't want to talk about it. We're coming off our fresh video shoot yesterday. Sure, we can do that. You want to do that <laughs> here? Or you want to do that later? <laughs> we'll do that later. Okay. Back to horse burner. Yeah. So I couldn't make the show for reasons I won't go too detail on here, but Clint did. Hey. And so we're gonna send it to him. Where were you? In the field. And you were in a field? No. Were you in an alley? But I mean, I was I was a live reporter in the field. Right, but I got to send it to you. Your, your basement, Clint? Dude, your... we, it was actually the best fucking setup I've ever had. It was, it's, it was like an actual back room office thing that was big and spacious. It was like an actual green room type thing. It All was right. fucking gorgeous. Okay. We're going to send this to back room office thing, Clint. Thanks, basement Brian. I'm here with the guys from Horseburner. Fellas, how you feeling tonight? Please introduce yourselves. Uh, hey, I'm Adam. I play drums, and I'm real uh, sleepy. I am Jack. I play guitar and do vocals, and I'm slightly less sleepy, but that's just my average. Is also usually just very sleepy. Okay, you're very retired boys. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I, I row in that same boat pretty often. We are we are not joined tonight uh, yet by our other members, Matt and Seth. Uh, Seth is the sleepiest of all of us. Yes. Sleepy Seth. Yes. He's probably <laughs> asleep right now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that is, of course, the European correspondent, Lou. Say hi. Hello. Satellite feeds a little. Yeah, is. <laughs> <laughs> All things considered, you know, with the rain, the satellite feed's working really well. Sounds like she's in the room. Yes. It, almost. Almost. Uh, before we get going in earnest, before, uh, before I'm, gonna, I'm just going to double up on words here. Before we actually started recording, Lou asked an interesting question, and let's go with that. <laughs> where did you come from? We are from West Virginia. Isn't that where the weird people are from? Does that doesn't sound as natural this time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't figure out Sorry. why. Isn't that where the weird people are from? Oh my god. Uh, uh, yes, West Virginia is yeah. a home to many a strange folk. Yeah. Most of them, actually. I'd say the majority. <laughs> Most of them. The, uh, especially like the like, Kentucky-West Virginia border is... Because it's like the strange people from Kentucky and the strange people from right, Virginia yeah. converging on one it's river. It's like crossing the streams. Yeah. I want to go there. Aren't they holding up a railway? Aren't they holding up like a line full of coal trucks at the moment somewhere around there? I actually have not heard of that. I don't know. 
I'm like a super socialist. This is why you're not on more shows. Communist lady, and I, I'm, <laughs> I'm up on like there's all sorts of like cold war. You can't stuff say like smart that. things. This is not a okay. Sorry. We're gonna move on. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the name I'm of the podcast. Just, <laughs> yes. the epitome of intelligence. I just want social commentary. Yes. No, no I, 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 I agree. I think it would be real fun to commandeer a coal train. Yes, let's yeah. do it. Like, okay. you know, off the off the rails into a coal baron's mansion. For sure. You know? <laughs> I, I mean, what else would you do on a Tuesday? So, so going back to the West Virginia thing, because we are very proud of where we come from, it, it's one of those things where it's like, we can hate on West Virginia all we want, because yeah. we're from there. Right. Everybody else yeah. does it, we're going to fight you. But... Uh, people always want to talk about like ignorant rednecks and stuff, but really a lot of labor movements start in the South. And I mean, yes. if you look up the history yes. of like Blair Mountain. Yeah, Blair Mountain. So that's yeah. why I'm thinking about the cold thing that's happening at the moment because it's, it's like a similar thing is happening to that now. It's, it's somewhere in Kentucky, West Virginia kind of area. They've been sat on the tracks forever and there's loads of cool people. How are we still train? fighting for the same crap? I know! <laughs> this much? Any, anyway, this yeah. is... No, there's a, that, Don't get there's, me started. There's a rabbit really. hole there that yeah. nobody comes out of a lot. <laughs> let's, oh, uh, let's bring it back to... Yeah, I don't want to say stupid because I'm going to ask you about your band name. So let's bring it back to... Stupid. Oh, that, no, that stuff. totally fits into the category. <laughs> Tell us about the band name. Why Horse Burner? So there's there's two stories floating around. Uh, one was a, kind of an addendum added years later, so we didn't sound like total losers. <laughs> so it was like, do you want the cool version of the name or the real version of the name? I'm not. I'm, I'm here for the, the bulk of the night. Let's get let's yeah. get all of it. All right. So the cool version of the name picture because people are always like, ah, you're mean to horses, and we love horses. Uh, in fact, Seth's fiance is like a horse woman. That sounded weird. She's, a horse <laughs> she's, she's not a she's centaur. She's not a centaur, but she, she, she works get, with horses. She gives horseback riding lessons during the summer. <laughs> yes. And, uh, no, so we don't hurt horses. So the, the thing that I always envisioned was this idea of, like, picture medieval warfare. Things are not going bad, right? People are dying and being infected right. on, the, on, the, on the grounds. And so when, you're, when your side is losing, you call in, last resort, the horse burner. So I pictured like this giant man on top of a horse, a la Andre the Giant and the Princess Bride. Right, right, right. Um, and put him in a Holocaust cloak, fireproof cloak, set him on fire as he charges into the enemy camp and burns their camp down. But he and the horse are totally fine. Unharmed, even. Unharmed, even. <laughs> so that was a fake story we came up with later to sound <laughs> Yeah. <cool. laughs> it is cool. The real story was us sitting around in our friend's basement and tossing out ideas, and that's... The one that stuck. <laughs> how did it, it? How did you get to horse burner from just yeah, chucking words? I think around? we were just like combining words yeah. and seeing which ones made which combo made us laugh the Interesting hardest. Interesting combination right. of words. And I think that was. <laughs> I'm gonna take a stab in the dark here and say that there was at least alcohol involved in some of these I conversations. I don't think so. Really? I think we were stone sober. Oh yeah. We're just idiots. Okay. You're Sober fucking... and watching wrestling. That you get... That's what was going on. You had on. me right up until wrestling. I was... <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, whatever the case may be, it is... It gets the job done. It's a cool fucking name in my book, and God knows that the band name conversations are the worst. It's, it's oh, horrible. Yeah. How long did you guys go back and forth about it before you landed on horseback? I don't know. Probably like a whole hour or something <laughs> hour there was not a lot of thought really it. okay yeah, we were th this project had started and we were jamming for at least a couple of months before we finally settled on it yeah we didn't yeah we were just yeah jamming in my parents basement at the time and 
didn't have a name, and it was, I don't know, I feel like we were doing this before, this is going to sound super lame, but like, before a lot of the current wave were doing it because we are again, idiots and are still doing this <laughs> 11 years later, so like, we were tossing around stupid combination of words, like wolf mountain and all this stuff, right. and later there's like a mountain wolf, it's like, huh, that would have been funny if we did that, <laughs> because we played with them last spring, it's like, ah, that would have been cute. Right? Yes. But, wolf and, Mountain and, and Mountain Wolf. Yeah. yeah. So, both sides of the coin. Yeah. Something weird like that. Just think of the t-shirts. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. The tour. Yeah. That tour just, you know. <laughs> Holy mackerel. It sells itself. It, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, before, I, I do want to touch on, you know, the 11 years and all that stuff. But uh, before we go too far back, let's say it slightly recent and talk about The Thief. Uh, th- obviously, I'm not saying that wrong right now. Um, sorry, my brain is a fart. Uh, (laughs) I don't think I've seen a bad word said about that album. Were you guys ready for all of the accolades when you were putting that together? No. Uh, I feel, listening back to it, that it was better than what we had put out in the past. Yeah? It was was a step forward. Do you feel like that's been... It's it's hard to judge what other people are going to think before it comes out. Yeah, and I mean, there's the whole thing of like, you know, people say like, we want to write music for ourselves, and that is a a real thing. Oh, yeah. I don't want to write a song that I don't enjoy, but at the same time, I also would like if other people found some meaning in what we do. It's nice. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. Like, part of, and I've said this before, part of my whole vibe when I'm playing music is playing live, going to towns, meeting people face-to-face, and like... You know, you're having a horrible week, things are going bad, the country's falling apart, and for 30 minutes, or 35 minutes, or whatever, this band plays, and for just that time, you forget about all the other stuff, and it's just like, ah, riffs. These songs yeah. are cool. That's what I want. That's what I want to do for people. Maybe that's egotistical. Maybe that's, you know, grandiose, but no, that's the way I kind of look at it. it's fucking magic. That's what it's all about. Yeah, that, uh, and that ties into something that I kind of wanted to ask a little bit later on, but I think it'll work better here favorite part of doing this because I mean you know obviously not to be a dickhead or anything but you're not making Metallica money or anything you're playing here with us tonight at the Shrunken Head you obviously love it to uh, a a grand degree what is what's your favorite and least favorite part of doing this what do you think Jack (laughs) (laughs) let's see so Okay, so he's yeah, thinking. Yeah. It's fine. Um, this gets edited out later. I feel like I talk too much, but I just... <laughs> I want you to talk. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So, for me, like I said, playing music my entire life since I was 13, tw- whatever I was, has been about hitting the stage. For me, that is it. That's everything. And all I want to do is tour. And it, it's really difficult. And people that don't do this don't understand, you know, like at our day jobs it's all oh, have fun on your vacation and it's like that's almost insulting like if I was if I was an easy to offend person I would probably have like a conversation with these people but um, you know you're out there you're traveling anywhere from on a good day three or four hours on a rougher day maybe 15 hours show yeah, show. Right. we played Salt Lake City and Seattle back to back in November and we're in the band for 15 hours between those shows just to make the town um, we're starving we're poor I'm away from my wife and my pets. So it's all it all sucks. But it's it's worth it to me for the time allotted on stage, however yeah. short or long it may be. Yeah. Basically the same thoughts. 
Also, recording <laughs> drums is awful. Making records is fun after the drums are done. When you can experiment with everything else, it's cool, but recording the drums sucks. Can't Hate confirm. <laughs> Can't confirm. I, but, like, uh, I like recording the drums. You don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so that's when Jack can just be like, that take sucks, do it again. Yeah, exactly. And Yeah, so he loves that part. <laughs> okay. I, and I, I'm... It sounds like we got the... Uh, Sounds like we got both ends there in that description, so I, I think we'll move on from that. Because, I mean, traveling from Seattle to Salt Lake, because you gotta be somewhere the next day, sounds like some weird form of fucking Austrian torture or some mm. shit. It kind of is, man, but you have to be somewhat of a masochist yeah. to do this, I think. And it had gone the other way, too. Like, in 2014, uh... We were getting ready to record our first full length, and our longtime bass player was leaving, and uh, we were like, well, you know, maybe we don't need to push this so hard. Maybe we can just take a step back. And so for like a year, we barely played, I think we played, what, six shows that year? Something like that. And I got weird. My wife was like, you need to leave. You need to, you need to go do this because you're driving me insane. And it was. I, I don't know. I lost myself. As overdramatic as that sounds, like that's, you need, I just felt. You need to have that kind of outlet, I feel. Yeah. Is it the outlet and also the feedback? Because you talk about stage time as being the particularly like important thing. Like you've said stage time three or four times. I, I don't know. I'm like a your textbook extrovert, I guess. Yeah. And, and so, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm that guy in the band. And I don't know. Like I, I feed off of those interactions yeah. with people. Mm-hmm. And um, the crowd. And like knowing, or like just knowing there's even one person who's looking at you while you're doing it, who looks like they're having a good time. 100%. We, yeah. we have played some shows to that one person, you know, in, in our time doing this. Yeah. Like, literally, there's one person watching right. this. And we're still... <laughs> but it's worth it. Like, we're still giving it everything we've got because, I don't know, that person Why not? paid for a ticket, <laughs> so I'm not going to half-ass it because right? they're going to win there. That's awesome. That's that show in Louisville, this band... Uh, Louisville's like five hours from us and there was this band that traveled like 20 minutes from the next county over and they got to the show and there's nobody there except for like three of our friends and the band from a county over was like yeah we're out of here uh-huh. and, and we were like well okay. I guess it's just I, us I guess it's just us <laughs> and we played for like two of our friends who are going to be here tonight which is awesome Yeah. Uh, Susie and Blair and then one like drunk old dude in a chair at the side of the stage who was just loving life yeah oh. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That game's a weird one. And that one ends up standing out more than all the, you know, like the half-filled shows and all that stuff because, you know, there's this dickhead band from a county over. You guys came fucking five hours. I don't, I don't understand that at all. That uh, I don't know. It maybe it's a work ethic thing. Maybe it's maybe it's the uh, sunk cost fallacy at that point since we. Had already driven. There is that. Drove all this way. Might as well drink some beers. Uh, Plug some guitars in. Was that the St. Patrick's Day show? It was. Oh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're not your like St. Patty's Day crowd entertainment, you know. No, so I would come in. They would like yeah. try to play pool, and we we're just so too yeah. Loud. There, there were people there they during the first song quickly, but we. We cleared them out. Exiles. Like, they went to the front part of the bar. Where it's like hip college away. kids that don't want to see four ugly yeah. sweaty dudes <laughs> screaming about wizards or whatever it is. Right. I don't know. 
So you guys have been at this for a long time, and uh, a good portion of that time you're with Ripple now, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, but a good portion of this time, you guys have self-recorded, self-released, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The easy thing to do here would be to ask one versus the other. And I'm going to do that because I'm an idiot. <laughs> We're going to take the easy way. But I also want to know, I'm, you know, I assume the answer here. I, I, uh, I'm not smart enough to come up with a way to bring it back to wanting to hear more about the self-recording, self-releasing, which is much more interesting in my book. Okay. So, picture there was a question mark at the end of that, and go. <laughs> what if, what if what, that thing I said? What if that thing I said? Um, <laughs> a little Futurama reference there. Yes. Uh, no, I, I don't know. I think there is a lot of merit in, in the self-releasing of, of things, and we are at a point now where it is we are less reliant than ever on a record label to get quality music out there. Um, now, the inverse of that is that there's a danger of if you're doing everything yourself, there is no quality control. You can record whatever and put it out yeah. in, in the world and be like, oh, why doesn't anybody like this garbage that I made? Hmm. Um, I'd like to think that... It, it, is, it is important to have that outside feedback, I yes. feel. Yeah, we've never worked with a producer, per se, uh, but I would like to, because I, I sure. feel like having... You know, that objective voice that's like, hey, I know you guys are in love with this thing you wrote, but it kind of sucks. Right. Like, okay, sometimes you need that. So, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like it's easier than ever to to do that. And yeah. we did it for our first Buy, CD. Drop a couple hundred bucks on some decent recording equipment and figure it out. Learn how to do it. Yeah. Um, our old bass player that I was talking about, Rob, uh, who lives in New York now, um, beautiful friend of ours. Uh, he did all of our engineering for a long time. And then when mm-hmm. he left, Jack was like, well, I guess I'll learn how to do it now. Yeah. <laughs> and he did, because that's what Jack does. He's like, I'll do this, and then he does it. Um, yeah. And then you, you grow. Like, the first CD that we put out is terrible. Like, it's objectively bad. And then <laughs> we did a 7-inch, and it was like, oh, this is better. Yeah. And then when we finally were like, okay, let's do a full length. And it was always a money thing. No label was coming to us to put it out. So Jack and I put the whole album and all the merch for that tour, like we put it all on our credit cards. And we were like, let's roll the dice and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And it paid off. Nice. Awesome. Gotta love a happy ending, right? Or happy middle. Happy middle. <laughs> <laughs> How would you guys categorize? Because, I mean, if uh, when you pull Horse Burner up on Spotify or put it in the Google or whatever, there is every fucking classification of heavy metal something or other <laughs> yes. in a progressive sludge, doom, fucking metal. All of it is there. What do you guys actually consider? Hey, rock and roll. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> the roll is important. It is. It, goes, it yeah. pairs well with rock. It's like a fine, Hang fine on, let me get that. Are you actually going to answer that? I might do. This is Don't answer that. This yeah. It's already stopped ringing. <laughs> Brian, edit this out, obviously. Don't edit that. <laughs> Everything um, I say to edit out, he doesn't edit out, so it's probably stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We get we get lumped into the stoner thing and yeah. I mean I'm cool with it just because I love the scene. I love the people involved in it. You know, from, from Ripple to the Doomfest guys to all that stuff. Like it's it's kinda of beautiful. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we sonically fit into that as well as Someone else? There's so much variety, even just within the one subgenre. I feel it's more of an aesthetic thing nowadays. Than, and you're probably right. than a specific sound. 
we uh, we got the going back and forth about this uh, on the last show, uh, where it just seems like everything gets lumped into sludge now. Everything is just some form of sludge or doom, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, Allison Chains is not sludge or doom. Knock it off. <laughs> it's it's okay to it's you can just call it fucking metal or yeah. It's, anyway, I mean, I I don't feel like I don't feel like Allison Chains have been like, yeah, we are a grunge band. I don't feel like they were. They were, I don't feel like they were concerned with that. And exactly. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. there is that. I almost feel, and this might sound condescending, I don't want it to, but I almost feel like the bands that matter aren't sitting there saying like we have to be this. Sure. They're just like they're just creating. Right, I, and I'm my uh, my point with this is that I just get annoyed with it, and then when I pulled you guys up, and there's just the whole list. Well, guess we're bringing that up. <laughs> well, dude, the, the the downside of that, and again, going back to like our first CD that we did, our first CD that we did was five songs, and the, not a single song sounded like yeah, it was song. it was all over the place genre wise. It was almost like a sampler that you would get when yeah. you went to like a crappy fest back in like O two. So like here's a five song sampler of one band, right? Um, which has, I mean, and that's been you mentioned positivity, and negativity on the new record. There were some reviewers that were like, "These guys need to pick yeah. a lane <laughs> and stay in it." And I don't know. I just think don't think we can. I think we're too I don't, yeah, I don't attention know. deficit for that. <laughs> well, I mean, and that that obviously works. I, I uh, with you guys, it sound I think that works more for you than against you because. Over the years, you've, uh, it, you know, I've heard the old stuff too. I'm not going to say negative things about it because I'm not an at, well, I am an asshole, but <laughs> I, I'm just not going to. Again, but hard to offend. It, yeah. The, uh, the, the evolution is relatively clear. You guys clearly end up more focused on things, and it, it sounds, you know, The Thief is fucking great. That album is beautiful. Thank you. Uh, and if you're listening to this, and you haven't listened to the whole damn album, do that as soon as you're done listening to this. Yeah, and listen to it like in one shot, because that's how it was dis- that was how yes. it was created, yes. to yes. be listened to in as one continuous story. People who push shuffle when they go to listen to a single album. I'm talking to you, James, if you ever listen to that. Yeah, James. <laughs> that blows my mind. What the hell is wrong with you? But I digress. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I always hated single culture in music. Yeah, and it's like becoming more prevalent now somehow. It because and, you know now bands will put out just a song because they can just pop it. Anyways, I don't want to another rabbit hole. That just yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we've gotten into that conversation too with friends where it's like we spent three years making this record and our other friends are like yeah we put out like a song every two months and we're like oh. That's a, that's cool, right? Yeah. We can't write that fast, like we just can't. Yeah, I uh, I might just be stuck in a different mindset there. It, it may be beneficial to do it that way, but I I like listening to albums. I guess is what I'm getting around to saying. Same here. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of albums, the songwriting process. How do you guys go about it? The, the typical question here for us is lyrics versus riffs. Riffs almost always win this conversation, but I'm going to ask yeah. it again. Almost always, yes. Yeah. Lyrics come much later, but we try to arrange the songs knowing 
where the lyrics are going to happen before we necessarily know what they are. Right. Which was a more recent thing for us. Yeah, that's that that was not how we first started but writing. That early stuff, it was yeah. like some of the songs were almost instrumental and they were like, Oh, we should probably like say a couple things here and like mm-hmm. put a thing there and like what's a chorus? I don't care what a chorus is, go ahead. <laughs> um, and then so like on this last record because we knew Jack and I've been playing together since 2002, I think 2001 in various projects, and we always wanted to do like let's do a traditional concept record because 70s prog nerds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like we love that stuff, um, and we we finally pulled it off, and it took like okay, referencing the thief. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. uh, the thief, and it took uh, we're gonna. We're gonna do like musical motifs that repeat and represent certain parts of the story and imagery within. Because I'm also an English teacher, or former English teacher at this point. But uh, but yeah, so like we actually this record we were writing, uh, we had a couple words floating around, and it actually started, which was odd for us, started with the title of the record. I couldn't get the term "the thief" out of my head, and then Jack and I spent like a few weeks just brainstorming what that meant. Yeah, we had a framework for the overall structure of the album before we actually had a full song finished, I think. Yes. Yeah. And that part did involve the consumption yeah. of alcohol. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With the framework of, of the album. Yes. It was a good time. And I think I think we're gonna do that again. We've started work on our next record mm-hmm. uh, a lot quicker this time. We still don't yeah, have a single song written because again, we're just awful. Right. But um, <laughs> it'll get there. It'll get there. Uh, but yeah. Hopefully. Now that we know how long it takes to write a full album using this method, we are starting much sooner. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so run me through the uh, the synopsis of the the concept. Of the thief? Yes. Okay. So we did this um, with the uh, Doom Tomb podcast uh, in November. Um, so I'll try to do like the, the condensed version to get through. So it's, it's track by track, right? Right. So we start with the original... Uh, instrumental intro track of The Thief, and in in my, you know, cinematic or literary vision in my head, that is kind of like this opening credits, or like the, the front page of a novel that you're looking at, and it's it's creating questions in your mind, like, what is The Thief? Who is The Thief? Sure. Uh, blah, 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 blah. So the second track opens up, and it's like, you turn to that first chapter, and you have a king addressing his people, saying, um, the prince, our infant son, has been taken by the thief. So at this point, we're just supposed to think that the thief is a metaphor for death. Death came in the night, stole the child away. And over the course of that song, it takes about two decades, kind of a fast forward kind of thing, and the people of the kingdom are dying in the streets, there's famine, there's disease, because the king has driven himself mad with the grief over losing his son. Third track, um, the queen, the drowning bird, um, she basically throws herself into the sea because she's so tired of dealing with the grief and madness of her husband, which I feel like a lot of women can identify with. Um, <laughs> and so that's kind of that's kind of this important crux of, oh, like, okay, it's gone too far. So the fourth track, The Fisherman's Vow, which was, um, we did the music video for, the there's the first twist in the story where this fisherman comes to the king in person and says, hey, uh, 20 years ago, you told me to go have your son drowned in the ocean. And it's like, what? You didn't know that. And then the fisherman's like, but I didn't do what you told me to. I actually took him to like a different country and he's been living there ever since. Sorry. And so the king has him put to death because that's what kings do. Right. Um, 
So that's the end of side, or almost the end of side one of the LP. And then there's an instrumental track uh, called Seas Between, which is a thing that our former guitar player, longtime guitar player, and one of my best friends in the world, Zach Hoffman, wrote back when we were 17 or 18 years old. Um, and we finally found a place to use it. And so to me, that is, again, like a cinematic shot of... It's a cinematic shot of... Fire trucks. <laughs> 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 um, <That's> so it's... <laughs> it was in downtown Columbus the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's like the, the in my mind, like a helicopter shot over ocean. So that's that riff. Uh, the opening of... The B-side of the record is Hand of Gold, which is our first song that we put out, our lead single, if you will. The one that I couldn't remember the name of earlier. Yeah, Hand of Gold, Man yeah. of Stone. That we've used on the podcast previous. Um, which, on the way here, we decided that uh, we want to turn into a coffee jingle at some point. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you make coffee, talk to us. We want to partner with somebody. There you go. Um, <laughs> we, we have a song prepared. Uh, anyway, so that song is The Sun now, you know two decades later or whatever, has become this, like, folk hero in this other land across the sea. Um, and he has learned of this kingdom in despair, and so now he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go save them. Then track seven, the oak, is the old king looking at himself in the mirror, and news has traveled, like, the kid's coming back, there's going to be a war. And the oak was, like, his old insignia, his old nickname on the battlefield back before he was the king, back when life was simple. Right. Um, and so he looks in the mirror, and he's like, can you become that man one more time? Can you do this? Can you put on the armor? Can you swing that sword? Can you turn back the hands of time? And can we do this one more time? Um, and then Fathoms, the eighth track, the penultimate track on the album, is the uh, climax of the battle. The kid comes back, fights his father. So this battle ensues, there's armies following these men, and so it's this idea that, like, thousands of men are dying for this family feud, and we're, we're confused about why did this happen in the first place? This prophecy of, you know, like, why'd you have your son put to death? Right. This prophecy of, like, he'll take the throne, and the kingdom will end, and blah, 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 blah. Um, so then we think, okay, so the king is now the thief, because he's the one that sold the life of the child away, or whatever. Um, but at the end of Fathoms... The son, of course, comes out victorious. He's younger, he's stronger, he's this heroic man. Um, and as the father is dying, he admits to his son, like, I have regretted what I had to do ever since. I loved you. I buried you in my head a thousand times. Um, and so that's kind of confusing. And so the, the hero now, victorious, sits on the throne as the prophecy originally said that he was going to do. And when he does... The riff from Seas Between comes back in, which is like if you remember was like a yeah. certain thing of, yes. of ocean water. Um, so he sits in the throne and the walls surrounding the kingdom collapse and waters flood in. So it turns out that the king had actually made this giant sacrifice because the prophecy said if the kid sits on the throne, the kingdom will end. And he was actually trying to save everything. Just nothing went right. And then we do like an acoustic version of the intro riff to it's almost like out, yeah. close the novel. That, uh, so it's a happy story. I'm a fucking story geek. <laughs> hey. Of, uh, like, huge proportion, and that is awesome. Oh, thank you. For real. So, like, that's amazing. I appreciate that. That, that, that means also, a lot. Also, there's a book I want to send you. Please do. Of Russian folk stories, which is so fucking cool. I don't read nearly enough these days, so send me a book. God. That sounds great. <laughs> that story is great, and, uh, it, it does put a lot more meaning to... The uh, I, I'm not the world's biggest lyrics guy 
but a lot of people aren't, yeah. and I'm not always necessarily, but I think that a lot of people would get more out of the record, even if they already like it. I think they would get more out of the record if they knew the whole story, but I also didn't want to just like hammer them over the head. Right. Like, this is a story! So No, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of a buried Easter egg, I suppose. There you go. There's a yes. good way to look yeah, at I it. I like that. Yeah. Something extra to find out. Sure. Um, to, uh, let's see here. Yeah, to try to move it forward, uh, we're going to go with, we're going we're, we're gonna to combine a couple questions here, and then we're going to get to the goofy way that we end these conversations. Uh, because you've referenced riffs specifically a couple times, I'm going to go from what's your favorite riff for both of you. And then we'll talk briefly about influences and what you're currently listening to. Favorite riff of ours? Just Perry. Could be yours, oh, could be... Oh, dude. <laughs> Man, that's so hard. Uh, crap. Jack? <laughs> Got anything? Like, gone to your is... right now. Okay, so one of my all-time favorite riffs is... Um, yeah, I actually it's, have to look up It's like... Song. Almost more of a solo, but it's like a harmonized solo in uh, The Sweetest Curse by Baroness. Okay. Um, that little riff... Yeah, that's a good one. Like, might be my favorite riff of all time. I don't know. But it's up there. Okay. Put a gun to my head right now, that's what I'm going to say. That's what, that's <laughs> Put the gun away. <laughs> Guns away. Guns away. Uh, is it Heavy Friends? Is that the first track off of Heavy Rocks by Boris? I, feel I like can't it. remember the first track, but... That sounds right. Boris has been on my to-do list for yeah. so long, and I've never gotten around to it. The oh, it'll, take, it'll yeah. take you a lifetime to get through there. So much <laughs> stuff. It's part of why I don't bother with it. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll segue from that into what you're currently listening to, influences, things like that. What, uh, what, what, uh, was, what was playing on the way over here? Uh, we listened to the latest Elder. Yeah. Uh, I listened to that this morning. That fucking thing is... Beautiful. It's yeah. it's gorgeous. It's yeah. a it's a little bit different. They're they're probably my favorite band going right now. They're Elder. Um, we also listened to Yob's latest record. Uh, we listened to Roswell Kid just put out an Inya cover. What? Roswell Kid's like <laughs> a, a power pop band from West Virginia. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, they <laughs> apparently covered uh, Only Time by Inya, who I legitimately enjoy Inya's music. Um, <laughs> And so yeah, it's like two worlds melting into one. I, I'm beautiful. pretty sure these are all first for this fucking podcast. Right? <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> That's, uh... Yeah, my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been going back and listening to a lot of Rush because Neil Peart recently. Sure. Passed. Um, Good call. They were. Yeah, I was, I they, was doing that too. They've been my favorite band for a long time, but I kind of fell off and hadn't listened to them for several years now. That happens with favorite bands. Kind of fell by the wayside, yeah. And it's like, take a break. So I've been going back and rediscovering what I used to like about it. They they were obviously a a topic of conversation on the last show because of everything. And because Brian has had stories. Anyways, um, what, quickly, if possible, what is it for you about them? It's... It goes beyond the music in the sense that I sort of model my musical career in air quotes, if you want to call it that, after Rush and the fact that they spent 40 years doing what they wanted to do without making any sort of compromise in order to sell out, for lack of a better term, I hate that term, but 
Yeah, it's a stupid term. Yeah. But like you know, yeah. like they were they were a very DIY band before that was back before that was even really a term. You know, they couldn't find anybody to put out the first couple records, so they started their own record label. And put them out that way. And when they finally did yeah. get signed, it's like, oh, we hated your last record. This next record's probably going to be your last. Like, yeah. All right, then we're going to write a twenty-minute song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Their record label has told them, you know, write shorter songs, make them more poppy, make them more accessible, <laughs> and then they came out with twenty-one twelve. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Rush is Rush is great. Yeah. One of the original Double Birds, right there. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we'll do that. Uh, okay, uh, like I said, we're going to end it. Uh, we'll, we'll do a quick rapid fire that uh, may or may not be the dumbest thing of your day. Guess which one I'm aiming for. Um, <laughs> and then we'll get you out of here on our trophy last question. And I'm going to pull the European correspondent in fully for the rapid fire. She will ask a series of questions. There will be a right and wrong answer. I'll let you know when you're wrong. <laughs> Let you know, She'll ask Clint you questions. Is wrong most of the time. This is why she only comes on every so often. It's true. Even though, really, I just want to geek out about European folk everything. Yes. I'm going to ask you these Agreed. ridiculous questions. All right, I guess. So, <laughs> coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Fuck you guys. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, want to make a coffee? Yeah. <laughs> Toilet paper, under or over? Over. Ah, oh, saved. That's, that's not a question. Some people misunderstand that. Some people, like, this has just been, like, a thing for me to realize in the past year. Some people ask which way you're, some people Wiping. think it's which like way you're to back, back yeah. yeah. And you'll get, like, somebody giving you one of these motions. Like, what, what, what do you mean? <laughs> like, definitely when not When it comes to Calm down, man. I'm not asking that. a roll of paper towel in the holder, it is over. That Go. is how... That's how the patent yeah, for toilet about, paper yes. is. Go and the original drawing Google patent. image search the toilet paper holder roll patent. And it's Seriously? Over. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god. Every this single this is a thing yes. that we know. <laughs> we need to. You need to get that patent and put it somewhere in the Opinion Stupidity Instagram. That I, needs to go up. Okay. What's next? <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. Beatles or Stones? Beatles. Yeah, Beatles. Uh, Ringo is the reason I play music. <laughs> That's the same as that little girl drummer who's nine years old, who's on Instagram. Anyway, uh, Simpsons or Family Guy? Simpsons. Simpsons first few seasons. Yes. <laughs> Hammett or Hetfield? Ooh. I like them both for different reasons. I, I you know what? Yeah. Screw it. I'm gonna say Hammett because I. If you watch some kind of monster, and when they were like, no solos, and he looked like a child whose ice cream fell off the couch. <laughs> <laughs> like, I felt that. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Hatfield. <laughs> Jack hates guitar solos. <laughs> beer or liquor? Uh, more of a beer guy. I have become a gin guy. Well, I'm Woody. Hey, Jack. Jack, nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. You've become a gin guy. Yeah. <clears throat> Excellent uh, news. Yeah. Um, woods or the ocean? I go back and forth. Yeah. Ooh. You have to choose one. Crap. Uh, lately, ocean. Formerly, woods. It will switch again. I'll go with woods. I get bored of the ocean kind of quick. <gasps> I think it's fair. Like, I I'm good for, you know... Two, three hours max. And like that's that's good, that's good for me for a year. Also, Jack almost died one time when we were at the Jersey Shore. Yeah, so. yeah. 
But was that because of the ocean or because you were in Jersey? <laughs> Isn't that where the weird people are? <laughs> That's where the other 50% of the weird people are. No, we uh, we found out that Jack was pre-diabetic. Yeah, I am, as he, I am uh, hydroglycemic and I had a blood sugar drop. Because we, no. we didn't eat, we were just like, let's wake up and go to the ocean. Yeah, so I think that's why Jack has a vendetta against the ocean now. Yeah. Because it almost killed him. Take that, <laughs> ocean. Oh, okay. I'll still go. I still like it. <laughs> I still like it. It hurt me, but I just keep going back. Exactly. Um, fall or spring? Fall. Fall. Yeah, I, I, have, I, have, I have horrible spring allergies. Yeah. So... It's a nightmare. Yeah, okay. This is the big this one. This is the big one, though. This is the big question. So this is get the ready. heavy hitter. Sausage. Links or patties? Take your time. I know it's a big deal. Jack's a vegetarian. Yeah, I'm a vegetarian. Well, but, okay, vegetarian. But back, sausage. Back when I links. still ate meat, I would go with probably patties. I'm going to go with links. Yeah. Ooh. One for two. <laughs> The, the non-meat-eating guy got it fucking right. <laughs> no, always links, because you can open them and make them no, into pies. that's not a thing. Both. Also, the vegetarian sausage links are absolutely disgusting. That's true. I believe that wholly. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. And we'll get you out of here on our trophy. Uh, everybody's asked this before, but we're going to ask it again. Do it. You get shipped to an island. Separate islands. You get to take one album with you. What's the album going to be? Rush of Farewell Kings. Literally just one yeah. one album for the rest of my life. <laughs> yep. I hate this question. You can always commit suicide, but what is the album? What are you going to listen to while <laughs> Which you're album do I kill myself <laughs> to? Um, Alright. That, that changes the question. I'm going to go with a decidedly unmetal answer. Uh, the Avit Brothers Minionette. Okay. Wow. That's definitely unmetal. Yes. <laughs> Nonetheless, it's your island. It's my island. <laughs> and it's uh, appropriately, the album title comes from a story of a uh, shipwreck. So there we go. There you that go. That's not Shit. intentional. Way to tie it together. Yeah. <laughs> Fellas, it's been a lot of fun. This Thanks fun. for yes. taking the time. Yes. And, uh, We'll see you here in a couple hours. Sounds great. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Back you. to you, Brian. That was a long talk. It was. It was a good one, though. Um, I, I, Not only do I like those guys' music, and that new album is fucking amazing, but they are just genuinely good dudes who have been at this forever. They look... I mean, they look like they might be 30, and somehow they've been at this for like 20 years or whatever the math works out to there. I don't know if you, I haven't listened to the interview yet, but you mentioned that it was packed in there. Yeah, uh, No, uh, it, but we will do that now. It was packed at the shrunken head for some good old horse burner and toke. And uh, that's always good to mention because you like, you know, yeah, when you go out and see these things, it's better. You know, we've been to, we've interviewed bands and been to their shows and there's all the four people, right? Including us. <laughs> this one was packed and it was well worth it. And like, uh, you know, not only are, is the music great, but they're just great dudes. And I genuinely root for these fucking guys. They how, are. How many of them are there? Four. Okay. Uh, they are awesome. Adam and Jack were great. Uh, can't wait to see them again. I think they're coming back. I think they're back here in Columbus late March. Side note, Clint's wearing a horse burner shirt. I right am wearing now. the horse burner shirt that I bought at the show right now. The good old basement baseball ragland. Sleeve. It's called a ragland. Yeah. yeah. I love these things, but I, I, I never, I've got this one and a neurosis one, and I, I never wear them. I've got two separate temperatures. It's either flannel weather or not flannel weather. 
I can't figure out where to fit in the in between. So it's 30 degrees and snow on the ground, and Clint found out it's Raglan weather right now. Uh, Sure. Oh, it's apparently also doubles as flannel weather. All right. Who knew? Now what? More horse burner, please. Okay. We got another song. The Oak. The Oak. I this was what I was listening to as I pulled into your driveway uh, this morning. So I heard some horse burn this morning. You did. And uh, let's hear some more.
you enjoy that, Clint? I did. Just as much as I did as I was driving here. It's right. good. To, it's like that coffee commercial. It's good to the last drop. I can't remember which coffee brand, though. All of them. All of them. Good to the last drop. Speaking of good to the last drop. Ooh. Sonic. Yeah. Is good to the last drop. All Unless three that days last drop is Ghost. It's, it's not. It's not. Okay. okay. But, uh. Let's hear more about it. All right. Sonic Temple Art and Music Festival, May 15th through the 17th. Two sets, two nights of Metallica. Slipknot. The return of Evanescence. With Deftones, Renew the Horizon, Stained, Rancid, Cypress Hill, The Pretty Reckless, Anthrax, Royal Blood, and more. Weekend and single day passes on sale now. Go to SonicTempleFestival.com. See ya at the temple. Can't wait. What? So you're giving away something today? Uh, tomorrow? Yeah. Well, I'll put the uh, the winner on the socials tomorrow. And we're going to give some away in person. Yes. We are going to give away some Sonic Temple tickets, passes, weekend passes. Here in Columbus, Ohio, April 11th at Ruby Tuesday Live. Nothing to do with the restaurant. I'll say that every time we bring it up. <laughs> it, is a, it is a club. We're not fucking playing next to the salad bar. This time. Yeah. Uh, we will be there April 11th with our guys Snow Burial. Close the Hatch. Close the Hatch. And, and, and local a, fellas. Anhedonia. Anhedonia Falls. Anhedonia Falls, yes. It's going to be a good time. And it should be our album release party. And it should be our album release party. Of which. Of which. We, there uh, is some relevant info. Yeah. We just finished recording the video. And it was just as excruciating as you might think yeah. it was. At least for me. The single is off to the mastering guy. So we'll have a single, the title track Grim, out here probably in a couple weeks. Ooh. With a video. Yay! Clint's in it. I am. Yep. I look just as happy as so I sound. Am. I'm in it too. D's in it. D's in it. Shannon's in it. Shannon's in it. You know who isn't in it? Crutcher. Oh, why is that? Because he's not in it. Because he's a <laughs> fucking turd. <laughs> um, yeah, he quit. We got another guitar player. Blah blah blah. Anyways, frail. 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 Maybe. Yeah, we've been talking to them. I still want to try to play a one-on, one-off show with them. Kind of a home and away there in Cleveland and here in Columbus. Hit them up. Tell them they should make it happen. We sent them a song. They were like, uh, I'm just going to ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame them. Um, so here's their new song. Their new album comes out like this Friday. Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, okay. And this is their new song, Darker Than Black. Here we go.
Doesn't get much more doomed than that. I, I I love it every time. Frail are my guys and gals. That's, guys uh, and gal. That's my version of doom. That's that's the I, I can do the doom thing, but that is my faves as far as the doom goes. <laughs> All right, how do you segue into this one? Carefully. <laughs> so I'm I'm a sharing kind of guy, so I want to share something that probably means nothing to anyone but me. But this is my show. And Clint let me do it. And it means a little bit to me, too. <laughs> so, uh, January 4th, my father passed. And why that is re- relevant is because he is the reason I play guitar. And I have his guitar from when he was in his early 20s. It's the first guitar I ever played. It is a Univox uh, Les Paul Jr. copy, basically. Um, I'll, give, I'll give the picture to Clint. I'll have him share it on our socials. A picture of me holding it after he passed and him holding it. And a backyard party in his early 20s before he even met my mother. Good picture. Or around the time he met my mother. So, you know, he was 65 when he passed. So you do the math, whatever, 40-some years he's had this guitar. And um, so I got it home. You know, I played it growing up, but I was, I'd never gotten to, like, the P90 that's in it and all that stuff. I just play uh, um, Sunshine of Your Love all day. And uh, so I, I, I put a new set of strings on and wiped it down, put it in, um, what did I put in? Standard D. And, uh, and I just planned on seeing how it sounded, fucking around with it. And about two hours later, I had an entire five minute song, uh, that I was, that I would like to share on our podcast with you guys recorded, mixed, no mastering all by me. So it's not going to sound as loud and as good as the other music, but I thought it was interesting of what came out because dad was a huge, huge blues guy as am I, but it's not really found in my playing, but playing this guitar, you listen to the song, you'll hear kind of a blues metal mashup. And uh, the last like two and a half minutes is just me m- meandering. It that, works. Yeah, yep. completely freestyled. And I don't know much about music theory, so there's probably some notes out of, uh, out of whack in there or whatever. But uh, it was all done in one take, and I just left it because that's what came out and didn't want to, you know, ruin, a, ruin what was going on or the right. vibe or whatever. Fuck so, with the mojo. Yeah, so I'm going to play it for you now. It's called Fractured Man. I'm excited. Let's listen. Jarvis, drop my needle.
there you have it. That was Clint on the vocals, by the way. <laughs> My best performance yet, I might add. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the there's a couple of... Um, um, Iron Man references in there, like the very beginning, you know, Jarvis dropped my needle. And one of the last texts my dad sent to me, he said, but I'm still Iron Man, though. And I said, you'll always be Iron Man in my eyes. So buried him with a little or had him cremated with a little Iron Man in his pocket, got one up on the on, on the um, mantle with his army flag or whatever. So I threw a little little nod to Iron Man in the song. Nice. But enough of that depressive, depressive decision. We got to move on. Is that, that it? That can't end the show like that. Well, we're going to come back to Horseburner then. Okay. More of the Fisherman's Vow. That should bring it back up. If uh, if you remember the uh, the Fisherman's part in the concept of the album The Thief here with Horseburner, um, maybe bringing it up probably isn't what's actually happening, but whatever. It's still <laughs> a fucking awesome song. And uh, it's in the background right now. You hear it? We're wow. on social media. Man, it's good. We are on all the social medias, uh, as long as all the social medias are Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I uh, would like to say thanks to Horseburner for joining us and being so fucking cool. Uh, thanks, as always, to Sonic Temple for supporting us, letting us give away their shit. Yeah. And, um, and all the other sponsors that blow us off, fuck you. Until you don't <laughs> blow us off, then not fuck you. Unfuck you. Un- <laughs> um. Email us your tunes. Again, we do receive them. We reply. We are going to play them. I'm talking about people like you. We're not, not a big show. We're not a big show, but we reach some people. Yep. If only on through social media that you may have never reached. Help us help you. Help I, us. It's so weird for you know because I'm on the damn Instagram. What feels like three quarters of my day, and you know you see all the things, and then you start to see people pop up on liked by so-and-so who wasn't there before and it's wow i wonder if that connection really was because of our stupid fucking podcast we've made several of those like a marriage yeah yeah it just gets weirder it does but uh we got to do an interview now so we're gonna go okay bye <laughs>